Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, slowly starting to see life and and such open up. Still in the first stage. Uh, restaurants and uh, hospitality, uh, obviously doing takeout, that sort of thing. And uh, I guess being asked to gear up with what with uh, what could be next. Let's bring in Anish Sarvastava, Unique Restaurant Group. He is with us now. Anish, thanks for taking the time. Much appreciated. Hope you're well. Doing great, Scott. Good to hear from you. All right, Anish. First of all, uh, give us a list of your restaurants here. Tell everybody what you have. Yeah, uh, Unique Restaurant Group. We've got eight locations in uh, Hamilton and uh, Burlington. Uh, the ones we've actually got open right now for, for takeout are Pluckers and the Dickens in Burlington, South Coat 53, the Pheasant Plucker, and the Powerhouse in Hamilton. Uh, the other ones, unfortunately, remain closed right now. So uh, what's the news moving forward? What are you hearing? What are you getting? Obviously, you're doing takeout now where you can. What's the next phase for you? Um, I, we don't know any more than anybody else. The expectation is that we're going to see patios uh, allowed to reopen in the next few weeks, um, what we have heard or are hearing is it looks like the greater Toronto and Hamilton area will probably be the last to uh, be allowed to open. It'll probably start more outside that area within Ontario. And then uh, as uh, you know, Premier Ford sees appropriate uh, expand into this area. So what? So starting with patios, I guess that makes sense because of you know being outdoor access and such. So I guess at this point, it's a very great advantage if you've got a patio. It, it's it's an advantage, uh, although social distancing will still be required on a patio. So if you if you think you know we're fortunate in two of our locations to be uh, you know really not on city property or on uh, areas where you're limited, uh, but both South Coat and Powerhouse have patios that can accommodate over 100 yeah. people. But your typical restaurant, if you think about it, um, your patio seating is 20 or 30 people. And now you got to take out half your tables. Um, it's the biggest challenge, whether it's patios or in, in you know dining rooms being reopened, is the restaurant business very much is a, a numbers game, I guess, like most businesses. But uh, operating at limited capacity, the financial model just doesn't work. You know, it's yeah. about driving traffic and turns and customers. And when you can only have half your capacity, uh, and add to that potential wariness of consumers coming out, potential wariness of your staff wanting to work. Uh, it makes a interesting formula, if you will, as to how to make that work. Do you see something that can work here, Anish? I mean, obviously, they're not just going to flip the switch and everybody runs out into the field of daisies. This is going to be a real long, uh, dragged out uh, uh, situation here. Uh, any idea what that is going to look like? You, you talked about, you know, obviously, uh, half as many tables as usual. Um, anything you can add beyond that, what it will look like? Uh, yeah, so some of the things that we're preparing for, and I think a lot of, you know, other restaurants are preparing for as well, aside from... Um, making sure you have improved sanitization and cleaning procedures in place and uh, PPE for your staff and things of that nature. Um, some of the things we're working on is we're pretty much going to eliminate paper menus. Um, mm. You're going to have a QR code or something that sits on the table and you can scan and look at menus online. So I think that that part of it will really shift as far as how guests engage when they're within a, a restaurant um, pre-ordering uh, is another thing I think you're going to see, uh, and reservations, because part of the issue is, you know, especially you think of a busier Friday, Saturday night, you can't have yeah. people congregating in a waiting area around a bar. Um, and so I think you're going to see restaurants, especially with smaller footprints, go to pretty much reservation only. If you don't have a reservation, don't come um, uh, to avoid, you know, the clustering of, of people. Um, 
you know, and unfortunately, I think, you know, we're, we're at this point, our intent is to hold all our, our pricing, what we have heard of different businesses, obviously, raising pricing or even charging, a, you know, a COVID fee or a cover charge or stuff like that. But the reality is, it's not just restaurants that are hurting, you know, if you look at the unemployment rate and just people yeah. in general, everyone's hurting. So I don't think raising prices is going to do the industry, uh, uh, you know, any good. Um, but you're going to see limited menus. You know, when you have a lot less people coming through your doors, you can't necessarily make all those items uh, because of waste and hmm. labor and things like that. So it's going to be different. And, and I guess the only other thing I add, Scott, is I think the challenge to us as restaurant and bar owners is we can't turn this into a completely sterile and, and boring experience. Yeah. You know, when people come out, it's they, they like the atmosphere, they like the social engagement, the interaction. If you're coming to a place to eat and it's it's quiet and there's you know plastic uh, uh, barriers between everybody and you're not engaging with the staff and everyone's wearing masks, that doesn't exactly make for a fun night out either. So uh, I think a lot of challenges ahead. Uh, that was my my next point, Anish. I mean, you've been uh, involved in hospitality in various ways over the years. I've known you for a while. This is a very social game. Uh, you think of Southcote, the powerhouse, what it's like there on the weekends and such, or what it was previous uh, previous to COVID. Uh, it's about meeting people and being out and being out in that environment. Uh, how difficult is it going to be to keep that atmosphere, even though you can't really you know fill the place with that kind of people? I mean. Do you still think you can capture that? Do you think customers are still going to want to come about out and be a part of this? I, you know, I, I I do think that people are going to to want to come out, and I and you know, unfortunately, I would say from a from a COVID perspective, is a lot of what we're hearing and a lot of the the sentiment is shifting. Where you know, a lot of our guests are saying, "We just want to come back. We don't care anymore," and yeah. it's not the right attitude. But I'm I'm sure you're hearing it as well. Yeah, yeah. People um, are getting tired of it. People are getting tired of it. And one of the things that I honestly haven't figured out yet is, you know, how do you control um, a bunch of your regulars coming in and wanting to sit around the bar and saying, well, they're, they're a group of five. They're a group of whatever yeah. is allowed. And we're just going to sit here and have a few drinks. Um, it, it's it's going to be tough because it's one thing to say, here's the government guidelines and here's what we need to do to be responsible business owners. And it's another thing to then uh, tell people what they they can and can't do um when it comes to congregating and socializing and things like that uh, i do think you know what one of the things that's going to hurt is some of the experiences that the, our industry does create you know live live music is a perfect one i don't know how and when live music comes back to to the bar scene you know um and and it, the obvious point there is you know how do you put up a band and have people drinking and then not have a dance floor and not socializing yeah. and not you know, yelling in each other's ears. It's just that environment that pushes people closer together. Um, so, yeah, I don't unfortunately have the answers, and we'll have to see how it un- all unfolds, but it's going to be different for sure. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. What about uh, buying a whole pile of those inner tubes? I saw that a few weeks ago where, you know, you're sort of standing like in a kid's jolly jumper thing and you can only get so many within so many uh, feet of each one. I mean, it's bizarre what people are coming out with from that. And I've even seen like, you know, sort of the cone of silence thing that comes over each individual diner and they're passing the food underneath it. I don't know if this was real, but I saw a picture uh, somewhere in Europe where, you know, the pool noodles. They made, yeah. they made hats out of them uh, to maintain physical distance because they're they're yeah. you know if you can picture that I I don't I don't know I I really um, it's gonna be it's going to be interesting you know 
you, you just look, if you're out right now, even with restaurants closed, if you're out right now, and I'm not even talking about the extreme examples like what happened at Trinity Bellwoods a few weeks ago, but, um, you know, here, here in Oakville, where I live, our neighborhood, I mean, the kids are all out, they're congregating. I see groups of 10, 15, 20 kids every day uh, hanging out. Um, and so, you know, the point you made earlier, people are tired of it. I don't know how that translates into trying to be a you know, responsible business owner while at the same time catering to, to guests who are just fed up with everything. What about the takeout aspect of this? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure lots of uh, restaurateurs have, have come up with different things. Some never even did this before. Uh, that being said, this is certainly not going to make up for, for the loss, but are, is there opportunity there? There's opportunity in it, and it's potentially a longer-term play. But if you if you think about the grocery business, the grocery business has been, has been impeding um, more and more into the restaurant business for I would say about twenty to thirty years now with home meal replacements and you know yeah. you know the place like Longos with their salad bars and the you know the roasted chickens and prepared meals and things like that. And the restaurant industry has never really done anything to push back on that until now, you know, for necessity, out of necessity, right? So you are seeing restaurants now starting to do more meal kits and cocktail kits with the change of the provincial regulation around takeout for, for alcohol beverage, um, you know, even boxed meats and, and things of that nature. And I, yeah. I think there will be a um, more of a pushback, I would say, to what the grocery industry has done to the restaurant industry, where I think the restaurant industry is now saying, you know, we... We sell some pretty good burgers every day. There's no reason we can't uh, package these up and let people take it home and throw it on their own barbecue. Um, it's just never yeah. been really a focus. Uh, so there, there's a lot of that, but those things take time to build. I mean, the, the whole meal replacement when, when grocery started, it took years and years and years to gain any traction. So I don't see that as something where you just turn on a switch and all of a sudden you're picking up your meat from your local restaurant. Um, but I do see it becoming a bigger part of, of the business now that it started as a result of COVID, I see it continuing on as, as time passes. And really what we're seeing, the loss in the restaurant business, which has gone down, we're seeing the increase in the grocery business as they're, per, they're uh, reporting 30% increases in profits. Oh, absolutely. 100%. People got to eat. That's the one thing about yeah. the restaurant and grocery business. People got to eat. And that's why there are so many restaurants and you know grocery stores and all, all that. But uh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned takeout before. Takeout has been, uh, for the most part, has been okay. It's um, it's so dependent on weather. It's dependent on it's so many different things. Uh, but the, the primary thing is, um, you know, food from a restaurant carries pretty well nowadays versus how it used to yeah. back in the day. But, you know, you still, you, you drive 25 minutes with something, it's not going to be as good as this sitting <laughs> in a restaurant eating it, right? You, yeah, we all know yeah. that. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's people in the industry who are going to hear this and be like, why did you have to say that? Well, it's, it's a reality. We all know it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so takeout doesn't become a permanent solution. Um, you know, what we've seen, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of people in the industry. What we've seen is if you take your pre-COVID food business, you know, exclude alcohol, if you just take your food business, um, most places are doing about 25 to uh, 40% of the, the food business they were doing before. So it doesn't make up even half your food business, never mind that you lost all your beverage business, right? So it's something that's, you know, people joke, it keeps the lights on, it pays some bills, uh, keeps you relevant with your with your customer, but it's no more than a stopgap right now for most places. There are some that have done extremely well. Um, you know, I know a couple of places who are doing pretty much 70 to 80% of what they were doing before, but they're very specialty concepts. You know, they're yeah. things that 
travel well, you can't really make it home. You can't, you know, it's, it's designed, you know, the menu is designed for it um, versus, you know, our, our, your, your more average, I would say, uh, casual dining pub type of uh, menu. Andre Servastava has been with us, unique restaurant group, including the powerhouse and South Code here in the Hammer and waiting for the next stage uh, and opening up and what that is all going to look like. And just a reminder, uh, get out and support these local restaurants. Get out and support what you can because they can still do a vibrant takeout menu. Anish, thanks for the time. Good luck with all of this. Be well. Thanks, Scott. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.